Well, welcome to the Strong Life Podcast, Nicole and Stacy. Here we are, finally, after weeks. I am super, super excited to have you guys here. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So how's the weather? Turned to winter here in Maine this week. <laughs> yeah. Like 20 degrees yesterday, I think, when we first got up. It happens like like so fast. Well, I got my turtleneck on. You can tell. Yeah, I know. I do too because of the AC. Yeah. The AC blasts everywhere here, but it is really nice to be down here in Tampa and not have the winter, I have to say. Yeah. And the darkness, I think it's the darkness, but I'm coming down to visit you again in February. So. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Nicole's got to get down too. Nicole, yes. you know, her son is down here in Tampa. At I do. Yeah. Okay. I do. I'd like to start prepaying my daughter's college tuition on locations that I want to go visit. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to it. You've got to find those great spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go to Colby? Worth I know, yeah. No kidding. What about college of Charleston, Madeline? Yeah. <laughs> That's been on your radar for a oh, little while. Nice. I feel like you said born. that yeah. the day she was born or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super funny, Nicole, because Nick Luca, my youngest, is looking at that. So I figure if I could have like Charleston and Tampa, I'm like good to go at least for the next six years of of college tuitions of great places to visit. Well, they have the direct flight that whatever kind of airline is now flying like a few times a week directly to Charleston. So yeah, I think it's breeze. It's awesome. Yeah. Totally great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a cool city. I was down there for the first time this summer with a couple of my childhood friends and I was just like, we barely scratched the surface. It felt really big. It's not though. It's not big. I think it's like a great retirement place down the road. Great place to live. I guess we're not that far. I guess we no. should be talking about that, <laughs> which is the topic of our talk today. <laughs> well, so um, I wanted to bring you guys on here because obviously I respect you both. Nicole and I have been dear friends for a long time. And then Stacy has been my, I, I don't know if I've just been chasing you in triathlons over the years or what the, I don't know why we didn't connect before this year but here we are you know I've a I'm a I have been a fan from a distance right back Uh, at you (laughs) yeah yeah so um today I really wanted to have you guys on and talk about I mean there's a lot of things we could talk about number one you're both coaches now and I know Stacy you have been for a long time Nicole started her coaching business number two there I would say by anyone's standards really successful business women and also mothers and athletes who juggle a lot. So this isn't this podcast episode isn't meant to be like uh kind of like toxic leaning. You can do it all, you can have it all um if you get your shit together like us. But I think more about I, I like I like for people to understand what's possible, especially with my clients who it may be a little bit different for performance clients, but a general population client base is like, I think what I've learned over the years is they want to know how other women think, how they feel, what their day looks like, how they fit it all in, you know, whether they make a change or not, 
that's we've talked about this before, Stacey. There's nothing we can do about that as as coaches, especially lifestyle, like physique type coaches trying to get people healthier and lose weight. But I think there's a lot, it goes a long way for women to hear other women connecting and and figuring it out and fitting it all in. Also, as we all age, I think it's important to just be able to talk about that. I don't know that I'm chasing youth anymore so much as like, like those days are over so much as just wanting to like live a great life as I age and be healthy and strong and and all the things. So I asked you guys to bring a few of your things that you felt like we could kind of cover today about how we connected both of your, I want to know both of your athletic and professional background. And then I, I like to talk about how it feels to be this age, just compared to our younger ages. But also the other unique thing is that we have all built coaching businesses in our later in our life. And I think a lot of people struggle to get out of their own way when it comes to having this dream and a goal and a thought in mind that they'd like to do and then kind of just being stuck on executing that so I think having you guys here can go a long way so thank you for being here I know we have a tight schedule let's talk to you Stacy. I have two kids I have I work full-time in biotech and I get to do the coaching that's what it feels like it feels like that's the the piece that's like the bucket filler for me it's what I love to do it doesn't feel separate necessarily from my life, although it is one more thing on the pile, you know, as we were thinking about the three or so things that I love about this point in my life, initially, I, initially it was a little negative, to be honest. I was thinking like, geez, I've got one kid in high school. I've got one kid in college. I'm a single mom. I work like there's a lot aging parents. There's like all of this stuff that also comes into this. And then there also comes the beauty of having that 50 years under our belt and all of those experiences. And I feel like with that has come huge, huge depths of compassion and empathy and lack of judgment and understanding moving forward that I, that was just, wasn't there before. Right. I know Nicole's nodding. She's evolved. I was thinking about this, but Kendra has, <laughs> Watch my evolution. You know, you've mentioned less judgy, Stacey. That resonates with me. I actually thought about that. I think Kendra has seen that just as you make more mistakes in your own life and you have to forgive yourself for those mistakes, you're also more forgiving of your friends and your family, you know, that, that are around you and you're more accepting and you're more empathetic. And I think, you know, that has, you know, served me well, you know, along this journey for sure. So Nicole and I, I, I think you should tell the story too. Like Nicole and I have been friends for, is it 15 years or 15, 15, 15 almost years. 15 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am the godmother of her ch two children. And Nicole and I met on a business trip and I'm pretty sure she was sizing me up because her <laughs> boyfriend at the time, now her husband was my boss, which was amazing. Um, he is amazing. And, uh, and Nicole and I ended up running together on our first trip. And I think we ran like it, I don't know how fast it was. I think it was like sub sevens for a little 10 K and we'd never run together. So I didn't know if she was pushing the pace or I was pushing the pace. 
Am I capturing the story right? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, first of all, my now husband, oh, you have to meet Kendra. She's like oh. Miss Maine. And I'm like, who says, who says that to? I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. and she is. I mean, she's beautiful. Um, so we go on a run in Chicago together, which is a run in many cities along a river where we get lost. So it just sets up <laughs> the rest of many runs where we get lost along the river. Right. But at the time, and even for many more years, we didn't really wear a watch. Like we had a watch. We never like looked at our pace. We never, like, it was just a different, we didn't measure anything. I don't know how far we ran. It was just fast. And we were trying to talk. We were both out of breath. One, you know, just trying to, um, kind of figure that out and that was the beginning of the friendship right there because I think we had similar goals with just trying to stay fit so I'm a former collegiate swimmer and at a very high level Olympic trial qualifier national champion all of that and you know that sort of type a personality goal orientation I feel like when I stopped swimming in my 20s I kind of backed off started running needed a break I feel like my 20s were kind of wasted on just kind of general activity, but nothing specific. Um, and then I think, you know, those thirties things just kind of ramped up and I found, you know, my mojo a little bit and even more so after I had kids, you just kind of needed that outlet. And I was never somebody, and I was fortunate to never run with a jogging stroller. Like my runtime was my therapy with Kendra most of the time. And that kind of, that's how the exercise uh, became a priority is that it not only kept me fit, but it kept me close to friends it also gave me an outlet from a mental health perspective I remember once Nicole was like I, I we I can't remember we were talking about like her dedication to exercise she's like Kendra I'm too vain not to exercise <laughs> that is true like, she just was <laughs> like like there's no chance I'm not exercising like there's too much I like you know it's and I I remember thinking like that's kind of refreshing. Like, she's like, it's not for health, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Well, I think, I do think it's changed. So now we talk it about kind changed. of what our, what our why is, you know, I had, my dad passed away a few years ago during COVID and I'm the caretaker for my mom, but you see, you know, she had a young, she's only 72, probably in the body of a 90 year old and old age does not discriminate. And so my goal now is I'm getting in shape for to have the best possible experience in my later years that I can have being on the floor with my grandkids, being able to, you know, go, do the things with them, even though my son is six and my daughter's 11, like this is forefront, like in my mind every single day. I could That's not true. agree with you more. I really could not agree with you more. It's like that backcasting almost to yes. what do I want to do? Do I want to be able to bend down and pick up my grandchildren and play with them and have this totally strong, solid second half of my life? I, that's the and longevity in the health span. That's what it is. And Kendra's mother is like the role model for this. Kathy is just on it and is still doing her thing at what, 76, 78? Yeah, she'll be 76 in a few weeks. 70, yeah. I mean, so go Kendra's mom. Yeah, Nicole, I'm in the same boat with you. My mom and dad are old beyond they're like, they are sedentary. And I really look at that as I'm not, I don't want to do that. I want to keep doing everything I can with my kids and my family for as long as possible. And we have a lot of agency over that at this point, we get to make those decisions of what the, that next 40, 50 years looks like for us. 
I mean, they yeah. say that about retire your 401k, right? So it's hard to make up in your 401k to be able to retire on time. Wow. Same thing with your health. Like yes. there's only, there, you only have so much time to like catch up and keep up. <laughs> yeah. The, a lot of the work down here at USF with menopause research, you know, every week I get to meet with my mentor, Dr. Campbell, and we dig through a lot of papers. So I am, I feel like I'm immersed in the reality that for a third of our life, we are postmenopausal number one older and so like and yet for some reason you know we are paying attention only in the younger years to our youth and the way one thing I've learned recently too is the way we experience these older years we we are to both of your points we're setting it up in our 30s actually most people are gaining weight between 25 and 35 and then it just continues to increase muscle decreases and it's very difficult to get that back and to be even motivated and know where to start so i feel the same way like like i didn't know it but i was training for 50 for two decades you know like because I mean, the, my favorite thing about this age is the authenticity, the, the, the wisdom in, as my son says, like, you're not old, but you're not young anymore either. And it's like, this feels like a sweet spot that we've hit, you know, um, especially, and I know, Nicole, you've got younger ones at home, but especially kids out of the home, you know, my situation is a little bit different now that I'm, you know, single, but it's uh, which is a whole new thing to dive into. I'm so excited for to learn all about that part of myself uh, again. But you know, to be a little bit fearless in conquering the physical side to me just it just permeates. Like I can't imagine going through what I'm going through and having you know no structure around taking care of my physical body and you know, taking care of my mental health and leaning on, you know, things that aren't good for me to keep me going. I just, I can't imagine. So I think the exciting news though, with some of the research that we're doing down here is, and the papers that I look at is that it is, it is totally and absolutely possible to build strength into your eighties. So I wouldn't want anybody to sort of feel like they are you know, have to give up because they didn't start earlier. I just think there's some real benefit to entering this age already healthy, already in, in, intent on the way we want to live. What are your thoughts on that? I think that that strength actually transcends just that physical strength when you have those systems in place and you have those habits set up and that's how you're living. It's not just the physical. I think that that physical gives you the confidence to be brave, to try something new to know that you've got good friend, like it's not, it's just not one piece of it. It mm. really transcends on, it's how you exist in the world. It's all of the choices that you made. It's like, your, it's your lifestyle that you've set up. It's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. It's your connections with people. And I think to Nicole's point, some of that is, is that a little bit of a type A high achieving, but in a lot of ways that's setting 
healthy boundaries up for yourself. And it's really helping to keep you on track when you need it, when the going does get tough, when you're the caregiver for an aging parent and have a six-year-old, when you're dealing with relationship issues, when even the bravery to do the strong man, like line up people, people are not going to just jump into that. It's, it's an amazing thing that you set the goal, achieve the goal, try something new. That takes a tremendous amount to be able to do that. And you've set that up for the last 30 years to get there. And that's not going to change moving forward. But it's never too late. I agree with you. It's never too late to get started on any of this. Right. I actually have a question for Nicole off script. So Nicole, this is crazy to me. She sent me a text this morning about her knee. And I'll have her give a little bit of a background about her running stats too, but Basically, she's run out of miles. (laughs) Let's put it that way. And at the same age, I had the same like diagnosis, the same exact same as her. It was going to be one year. They had to move my kneecap over recovery. It was major surgery or I could wait till a knee replacement until like I was 55, basically. Same text she sent me. I was like, are you kidding me? So I've spent, I was 44 I'm 50 now. So I had to spend some time pivoting and thinking about because running was all like at least three times a week with Nicole, two to three times was all I'd known for like a decade. Now I was always doing other things. Nicole and I were doing CrossFit and, you know, like adventure racing and all kinds of things. But that was a huge blow. And Nicole's going to have to go through that. I'm curious how you're doing today. Like what you're, how does somebody like you shift? Cause I have people who are like, I hurt my wrist. I can't track my food and walk, you know? And you're like trying to make the connection between how the wrist ruined their life. <laughs> how are you going to do, what are your thoughts today? I know that. Yeah, I mean, I've, all, I've always, so running has been, you know, I love to sweat and I love the therapy and social aspect of it. And then I love the goal orientation. So it was kind of a measure of fitness for me, but I've always been cross training. So I have the swimming background. I don't like to bike outside. I think, you know, like, I feel like you I'm going to get not. hit by a you car, should not uh, bike outside. <laughs> but I have my Peloton, you know, um, and I do my, you know, and, and I do my strength. So I'm, I think for me, I'm going to have to, you know, and I, I mean, I think I also have a, 15 month old chocolate lab. I mean, I walk the dog all the time. So walking has used to be running, um, walking has, I think since COVID too, just like walking with people has been incorporated into kind of my therapy sessions for myself and for my engagement with, with, with friends. So I'm trying to think of, I think for me, I can shift the activities. No problem. It's the goals. I still had goals to, you know, I'm a 313 marathoner. I wanted to get as close to three hours as I could. I'm going to have to mourn the loss of not having an opportunity to be able to do that. There's worse things in life, granted. Um, so it's just, I do like to measure fitness. And so what are the, what, how do I explore ways to, um, to, to do that, you know, moving forward, you know, in a way that makes me feel good and, so it's kind of like where I am, you know, right, right now, like in this moment, as I try to explore kind of if there's other paths, 
I mean, a year recovery, just an eight hours, eight hours a day for 60 days. in one of those like machines that moves your knee, like, and I, you know, I'm an executive at a bank and I travel for work and I have young kids and is this, is, is a year even doable, <laughs> you know, with the lifestyle that I have. So what are kind of the puts and takes of all of that? Yeah. Well, there's a strong man in April just saying you guys could come down. Strength <laughs> challenge. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun one. We're going to do it again. Why not? We might come down and just cheer you on for that. Yeah. No, come <laughs> try it. Try it. I don't know if I told you this, but I maybe I did. Well, I'll say it here, but I am the subject of a case study for strongman. For, so we did measurements before. I went through nine weeks of training and we're doing them again today. So I'm fasted right now. No caffeine, no water, mm -hmm. no food. I'm miserable. So the case study is to see if a perimenopausal woman, you know, can build strength, a, 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 a uh, resistance trained. So you take somebody who's resistance trained already. That's me in this eight demographic. And you put them through nine weeks of training to see strength gains, body composition changes. I just ate at maintenance calories. And so we're doing all the rest of the measurements today. And then my friend Wayne, who's also coaching me, he and a, he's a classmate also, um, he's doing his first IRB, which is sends it through the institutional review, review board and then writes the study, conducts the study. And so he, he hopes to have it published. So you can't really get away with doing anything down here with somebody not wanting to do a study on. I've said that to Nicole and don't do anything. I might want to study you. <laughs> so I will, Thank I do you. have a funny, I do have a funny story because there was you'd be white... so good at this too, Nicole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I, uh, you should like, we definitely put on muscle because right now my biceps are like, because I've been swimming more, they're just like, oh. but I do have a funny story. So there's a wife carrying contest up here. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like 15 <laughs> years ago. And my husband was like, I'm going to ask Kendra to do the wife carrying contest with me. I'm like, Kendra and I weigh the same thing. He's like, no, you don't. I'm like, mm, pretty sure we do. Literally the it's, same. Yeah. I was like, and it's just that I'm like, if if you gave Kendra my upper body and you gave me Kendra's lower body, we would, we would have been like Olympians. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Yeah that was that was uh just in clothes that. like with shirts on like Kendra looked thinner because she had a thinner upper body but then she had the legs and then I had the upper body but didn't have Kendra's legs so anyway legs, yeah so like, we were like if we could just put it together imagine the physique but my husband wanted a wife swap I you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Steve for you yeah have you had to overcome any injuries Stacy? Oh my God. I have struggled with hamstring, proximal hamstring tendinopathy for years, like could not sit down. It's Oof. been about a year that I've moved through it. And I, to this day, swear that it is a hormonal shift that happens in those tendons. And I'm sure some of it is like after years of training and racing in Ironman di distance, I agree that I think we have this set number of miles in us and I think for like the three of us, we've possibly used those up sooner than I wouldn't change anything, but I could not get rid of this hamstring, hamstring stuff. And you're still doing your racing though, right? I mean, I have do, like, just moved K? into, um, I'm going to do my first high rocks 
race. Oh, okay. And it was sort of one of those, like I had a lot of coffee and someone was like, I think you should do this. It's like running and CrossFit. And I was like, next thing I knew, I booked plane tickets to DC hotel and I signed up for the race. And so I'm just about to start training for it. I do not know what's completely in store. I have super excited to try something that I have never done before. Can you tell us about it? So people so are- Hyrox is a company out of Germany. They've it's been around for a few years, but it's eight kilometers of running and eight functional fitness stations. So you do a 1K run, a 1K ski erg, a 1K run, a sled push, a 1K run, a farmer's carry, a 1K run wall balls, a 1K run a row, a one. It's like all- Oh, my friend Claire did that. Claire Thomas did that. Okay, yeah, that, right, right, right. I've seen those. Keep going, keep going. So it's all of these things. So it's eight kilometers of running in between, broken up into 1K run with with a basically a functional fitness. So wall balls or farmer's carries or pushing or pulling or burpee broad jumps. I've like the tiniest little frog legs. I don't know how that's going to, how that's going to work. I'm so excited to be a complete beginner and a complete novice and have absolutely no expectations whatsoever at this, that there is like some level of joy in that for me. There's, wow. there's no pressure. So how are you going to train for that? Keep I'm just your- starting to wrap my brain around that right now what that's going to look like, because there's a lot of these pieces that I think it's going to come down to the transitions. And the first one could be miserable. It's totally possible. But I think that at almost 50, just completely jumping into a totally new sport with no. (laughs) Wait, no expectations, but talking about transition time, that's a pro concern. All right. Well, because someone had said to me that that's the make, but I know I'm like, like, you couldn't, you wouldn't like secretly. Did I think I would win the strong, strong woman challenge? Yes, but no, you know, right. Secretly. Do I think that like, Like, someone actually warned me that I need to go to this very humble. So that's, yeah, I've heard that's my approach to this. I think there's something to, like, I don't do swim competitions. I don't want to know, compare my time to when mm-hmm. I was 10 and I was faster. Right. And so like, so there is some freedom and never running again like that, because I, I don't, whatever I choose next as a fitness test, it's not going to be measurable to what I was doing before. It's going to be new. And there's some, to your point, see, there's some like relief to that. You're still going to show up and you're going to want to perform your best, but you're not going to be like, well, five years ago, I did that. It's, it's a totally just, I think for us type A's who'd measure and track and, you know, all of those things, it takes the load off mentally and it brings more joy, which I think is what we're all talking about is finding more joy. That's kind of my why for coaching, bringing more joy into the things that we do and the people that you surround yourself with. Agreed. Agreed. I, I have a question about type A, Nicole. <laughs> I don't think I'm type A because I like to measure and track, but I know I'm not like you. And I think you're type A. But you will say that single motherhood made you type A. Yes. Yes. So I think, you know, you can, okay. So were you, I was not, I was not following the Grateful Dead at 16, Kendra. That is true. Right. You know, I did, I did not have your joie de vivre at a young, at at a young, but you went on it. You had to kind of get organized based on your life circumstances, not organized, but 
well, organized, just right. I think prioritized. I mean, I don't know, like I'm very, very goal oriented. I always have been. My mother was just saying that always since I was little. It's like, a, it's, and it's everything. I don't know. I think that people confuse that with type A, that they think, oh, to be successful, you have to be type A. And I'm, I don't, no, I, most of my closest friends are type A. I love type A. I don't know why I must feel safe, <laughs> but it's like, I know there's something there that I don't necessarily have, but I, I was, I don't think you have to be this like crazy type A to be successful in this area. Do you guys? I would say I'm too rigid. So if I had to, you know, criticize myself, I am too rigid. I need to let go. I need to find need more to joy. need to tour with the Grateful Dead. I do. Like, I just need to go for it sometimes. <laughs> and like, uh, but so I am, you know, that's part of what I have to work on is not being so rigid. I agree with you. I think if I had to look at a massive place where I would like to soften out a little bit, it would, it would be in that. It's hard. It's hard when we're balancing all of these things and trying to get all of this stuff done. It's, it feels like a really fine line between rigidity and doing all the things that we want to do, even if they're things that bring us joy, there's some level of having to get the work done or whatever it is to create the space to get to go to do the thing. And I haven't quite figured out what and where to let go of a little bit more, but it's something that comes up really frequently for me that I, that I have a lot of awareness around. Mm -hmm. It's like this fine line of, I want everything neat and tidy and organized and done. And that feels really safe to me. Like the plates aren't going to all fall and crash, but it's, it's actually not real. And I think I expend a lot of valuable energy that is better spent doing things and having experiences and with people in making sure that everything is, is lined up and, and done and neat and tidy and perfect. hundred mm. percent. Like ditto. Exactly what Stacey said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, when do, do you have any interest in an event like that? Oh yeah, Stacey, yeah, yeah. For I feel sure. Like I mean, I don't really know what. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. I'm trying to figure out. Like, can I run like ten to fifteen miles a week? Right. Like, is that feasible? Like, I'm just trying to kind of understand that. But certainly, that you know, something like that is 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 definitely, you know, on the radar uh, for sure. I would love ten to fifteen, like miles a week that would be like every time I do that now I got that plantar fasciitis that kicks back up and it's like that tendon stuff it just uh, kicks in at this point in our lives there's some estrogen it just gets a little bit wonky here for a little bit yeah yeah um so let's we we still have some time before I I know you have a meeting to get to Nicole but I would love to hear about more about your coaching businesses too because I think Stacy and I have some similarities, but also Nicole has started. See, I don't know a lot of running coaches specifically that I never hired a running coach to your point earlier. Like we were not tracked. We were not, you know, we weren't, um, we just slept, we woke up and we met for a run and we went out and ran the same 10 K or whatever it was five or 10, mm -hmm. five or six miles 
now it's not uncommon to have a running coach. You had one. So let's talk a little bit about that. Get it out there to the world. Yeah. I mean, I would say I ran my first, well, not my, I ran my first marathon or second marathon with like one of those online, like the coach programmed out like all three, four months, you know, and never checked in with me ever again. And, you know, that worked fine too, because I followed it, you know, to the T. But I would say I got a running coach in my late 30s and it was like I was running faster than I ever thought I would and doing workouts that I never thought were possible. So some, so I think there's a combination of coaching where you can have somebody that can help find what your, you know, reach your, the, like, what is, what is the possibility that you have as a runner, but also a lot of times we run too hard and there's just an easier way to get to the result. Um, and we spend too much time in this middle zone. So I feel like that's what I've learned over the last few years is like the easy running on your easy days needs to be easy. I've incorporated a lot of walk running with, with my clients. And even I have, you know, a really good friend of mine who's a 305 marathoner and she still does walk run and she hated it. And, but, um, we incorporated it in the right ways ultimately to keep your, you want your heart rate on those certain runs, like in that lower range. And so this fall with a lot of marathons, I've had um, somebody who ran Berlin and she was her 40th birthday and she PR'd from when she was 30. It took her 10 years to get, to get to a PR where she got to the starting line healthy, which is the number one goal, and then was able to run a really strong race and she negative split it. And I always tell people world records and marathons are always negative splits. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody run New York last weekend and they again, struggled with injuries, couldn't run New York last week. She's 46, got a lot going on. And I had to slow her down. She was doing too, too much. much. And so it's really just less. There's some parts like less is more. And on those easy, like you have to get over the Strava fear. If it shows you're running a 1030 mile piece, who cares? That's what your easy run is. That's where your heart rate is. And on your fast days, you go, you go hard, you go for it. But we got to kind of get out of that mindset of Strava and what our mile pace looks like on Strava and really lean into how our body feels and for us and not comparing ourselves to other people. And I will say the woman who went to Berlin, she, people were like judging, like, oh, you're doing these walk runs. Oh, you're running so easy. And she was one of two people in a group of 30 who had a successful race. So I do think we have to have that mind shift around, you know, <laughs> being, being in touch with our body and doing what's right for us and not comparing ourselves to others to get the right end result. Yeah. And I mean, don't you think too, that, that wisdom, you know, you can only get it with time and experience and trying it yourself. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing like a, an experienced runner who's gone through these things to be able to help somebody else do it. And I love the, I, listening to your body. I mean, I don't ever remember doing that. <laughs> you know, you just, who cares? You don't sleep, you get up, you go, you just like, you just keep going. You run fasted, you know? right? Yeah. You don't have run anything fasted, to eat, you don't yep. fuel. Yep. I mean, all of those things. So, I mean, I do think that, you know, we talk about what's the beautiful part about this age and you kind of touched on it, mm -hmm. but to say it is giving back. Like we're able to give back at this age and share and mentor and guide and coach, not just in our businesses, but to our friends and to our family. And I think that's a meaningful. It's interesting too, because your business 
comes at a time when you probably need it the most personally. Like it's kind of a perfect segue. Like maybe you're out of miles or at least the kind of miles you're used to, but you have all of this to give back, which we talked about sure. too, even before you started this, that you you get that itch. I, I kind of got it too when I started my business was like, I can't just sit here in this office anymore and like try to work on credit card processing business rules. Like I have to go out into the world and like, there's so much I want to give back. I feel like I picture myself and you guys will relate to Stacy. I'm sure like I've taken so much water and I haven't volunteered for shit to give out water. Like it races. I mean, I do now, but like, I, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, I've just taken a lot from you know, athletic communities. And it's really nice to be able to give back a little bit. And we can do that now. You know, I'm I'm happy to take the liberties. I will say what I need to say, do what I need to do. Yeah, I think that's a good point about taking the water. I, I love that actual description. It feels like of being of service a little bit now, of an opportunity to give back. It's taking all of that years of wisdom and experiences good and bad like some of it's been a little bit messy good along God. the way that's another episode <laughs> <laughs> there's been some skin knees for sure there's and mm -hmm. being able to take that cumulative whether it's nutrition whether it's sports whether it's just lifestyle and I think there's a lot of power and knowledge that comes with that and if you can share that and communicate that well it's a wonderful way to help people move ahead do you guys have any fears about the next chapter when you think about it i mean it's so interesting too because nicole has a six-year-old like that's such a different place than me studying menopause at 50 with a grown child single but i I wonder what you both think about from, you know, that perspective of like this second half, anything, anything worry you, anything you feel I was, concerned I was about. talking about this this morning, actually with George. And I, I don't mean this to sound negative because I do feel like in this second half, I'm really trying to eliminate the negativity. I feel like that's a beautiful piece of this. Also, you could sort of curate your people, your places what you take in on all of the fronts. And I'm trying to sort of streamline that down a little bit more, but I was thinking we're sort of on this other side at 50 mm -hmm. and between working hard in this chunk of time and spending a lot of energy on that and getting in some sleep, I feel like to, in a positive way, like we sort of have to jump in and do the things because like, what are we waiting for? For at this point, there's, I have very little fear right now of, I don't want to say failure, but I'm kind of like, it's now or freaking never. Like there's just, it's the time is going no matter what we, what we want to do about it. And there's going to be aches and pains and things, and there's going to be kids. It, it's, it's just never smooth sailing. And the only known is that each day where the time is going and it's, I use the word decrepitude. I'm like, we're either moving towards these like vibrant lives or decrepitude. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. you got to make that choice right. every day here. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me having an 11 year old little girl, and I know you guys have boys, 
I am just so conscious of Mm -hmm. the things that I say about my body, um, about her and seeing her, you know, into these middle school years and she's about to, you know, her body's about to change. And I want her just to have positive, you know, positive body image, a positive experience. And, and it's just when she, I think I told Kendra the story when she was eight, she, I mean, she's built like me, like my, my mother called me her little East German when I was a kid. Like I just like was just muscular, right. From, I feel like birth and she's built very similar to me, which is very different than her friends who do gymnastics. <laughs> and she grows up in a town that is very image conscious as well. So she was eight and I was going to the bathroom. There's no privacy in the bathroom, right? She gets on the scale and she weighs 85 pounds at the time. And she's like, mom, what do I need to do to weigh 65 pounds? And I was like, honey, you're never going to weigh 65 pounds ever again. And I was she's like, what about 75? I go, you're never going to weigh 75 pounds ever again. And I was like, you need to fuel your body. Food is fuel. Sleep fuels your brain. Both of these things are priorities. And so, I mean, that was at eight. And so my like spidey mm-hmm. senses are going off and I'm like, there's nothing off limits from an eating perspective. We try to eat, you know, 80, 20, she needs to fuel her body, those types of things. We have conversations about movement, but it's scary. And I just want her to come out as least as she can through these like high school kind of college years of, and being confident about God. I said this all the time, like God made you this way. You need to love, I love you this way. You need to love yourself this way. And just try to repeat that as much as I can. That's so interesting, Nicole, too, because when your kids are at home and they're young like that, that, that is your focus. Like, you know, I'm, I think I don't, I can't imagine having a daughter and having to have those conversations. I've often wondered how I would navigate that. And I get messages a lot from people about how uh, they can help their kids. And I've had some parents who want their kids to start tracking food. I'm like, no, 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 don't take your fucked up body image and food issues and put them on your, like the, the immediate answer isn't just like, you know, have a kid start dieting and tracking food. I have some horror stories of women who remember their mother taking them to Weight Watchers at 10 and 11. And they're like, I look back and I wasn't even like overweight. Like it just was a thing they were doing. Um, so I know it's not all of our mother's fault, but I do think the messages we get are critical. So I, I mean, I'm thinking I about, think... I'm thinking about, I don't know, different things than, than that. So it's just interesting to be in a similar life stage and have young kids. You're go- you're not going to be thinking about the same things I am. Well, I mean, I will say like, I think the beauty and you know, I did CrossFit for years. Like, I don't do it anymore, but I think the beauty of all of that is like strong is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I was growing up and I had all these muscles, like that was not as socially acceptable <laughs> growing up in the eighties and nineties, right? Those, that muscular look, that wasn't what people look like. And so I do think there's been a transformation from a society perspective that the the more accepting of these different body types and the build and the strength. I think that is a positive trend, but, but it's still hard. And, you know, even, you know, her friend, so my daughter's friends, you know, the kids are this big around, but that doesn't mean you're going to be this big around when you're 45 because they're binge eating like 12 cookies and, you know, they're not building up you know, good, healthy habits for when they're, when they're older. And all we're trying to do is build a muscle memory of a healthy lifestyle 
so they just they they have good habits good body image and feel good about themselves I agree I find with a lot of my clients who I'm coaching I have found that just by them making those changes in their healthy habits it really does trickle down and for a lot of people it's generations of patterns of eating or ways of living and those are hard to change but when that adult can make that change in a way that's not radical it does trickle down to the kids if you're leading by example and setting that to that i think that 80 20 is a beautiful way to to exist have you seen that those um studies out there about the the role and the influence that an active mother has on her kids just just being active yeah it's pretty astounding that just watching I mean, that's how it was for me growing up, just watching my mother's whole world, like all of it, friendship, community, fitness, running, you know, um, giving back and just over and over and over and over again, watching that and um, telling me I'm perfect the way I am. Same thing. I was like, I I just remember just hating the fact that my, I had like, like this little chub rub on my thighs and she'd be like, you know, you're perfect. You're perfect. And it just, you know, you need, you need your mom to be your, your, uh, your cheerleader that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not everybody comes into parenting a whole person or a whole woman healed themselves. So I, you know, I think, I think Madeline is lucky to have such a conscious, you know, to have you be so conscious about the way you're approaching it. I always say we, I mean, what parent doesn't say like my kid, I'm going to, my kid's going to land in therapy for something. It won't be the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad. My mother just told me I was beautiful every day. Like (laughs) it'll be, it'll be like something like that, but I know you have a hard stop too, Nicole. So here's the thing. They'll put both of your contact information and Instagram and all that in the show notes. You can send me anything you want. If you guys want are interested in running coaching, I'm sure you can reach out to Nicole. I'll put that contact there. Stacy also does one-on-one coaching. I do some of that myself, but give us something that you guys would want, you know, people to take away from, from today. I think that your women friends at this point in your life are the biggest gift that you can have. And I think that if you can let up on the vacuuming and the the work and all of the stuff for a minute. <laughs> it's the best investment. And on top of that, if you can move with your women friends, I have no scientific study to back that up, but there is some powerful, some powerful magical thing that happens in moving with those people. It is the deepest connection it's life-giving and uh, it can make all the difference in how you go back and re-enter in with your job, work, spouse, family, all of the things. It's like you, you go back in and you're like, I freaking got this today. It's kind of a, it's kind of a superpower. And that movement could be whatever is your movement. It doesn't have to be running. It's, it doesn't make a difference what that is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I agree with Stacey. And I think that everything that she said has been important for me but it's ultimately creating a lifestyle. So, you know, what Stacy is talking about is a lifestyle of movement, a lifestyle with your authentic friendships, right? You don't need 20 of them. You need a handful and, you know, incorporating those people, um, you know, into your lifestyle to make it, make it from a mental health perspective um, and, and, and onward. Um, nothing, don't, don't, I mean, 
you don't want to do something for 30 days. You want to do something for the rest of your life. And what are the things that you can do? So if running isn't it, is it walking? If it's not walking, is it um, yoga? Like what is, what are the things that you can incorporate in your life that you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you guys. We barely scratched the surface, but I'll be home for December. So yes, maybe we I can go wait. move together somewhere. I would love that. Yes. We can sauna together. Okay. We could do all the things. We could do all the things. <laughs> I'm dying for the sauna. Like I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, we're on this. that. We're all yeah, on uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. All right. Go have kick a great some day. ass today. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.